You love your weekly dose of bacon as my podcast, but you need even more bacon. Well, just go over to baconismypodcast.com. You can engage even more with us over there. It's a pathway to our music, extra content, our social media pages. Most importantly, grab yourself some pretty sweet swag and put it all over your body parts. Again, that's baconismypodcast.com. Listen to some tunes, pick up some merch, and tell us, what's your bacon? Okay, everybody, welcome again. It's another Monday. You know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Bacon it's is my another, podcast. Bacon is my podcast. My buddy Jim here. Mm. I'm Mike. Today we are joined by lead singer of the band City of the Week, Steph Winnedef. What's going on? Not much. Um, well, actually, a lot. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank nice you for being you guys. Here. Bacon! What's what's a lot? What's happening with you this week? We just dropped a new single. It's our first it's our first release, and I wanna say three years well our first original release in three years we've dropped a couple covers over the last couple mm -hmm. years but we haven't dropped new music in three years since pulling teeth and um it feels really weird and really crazy and really exciting to put out a brand new video and song yeah yeah i feel like um you know this week you, you actually put it out uh well you know this is the when it when this is dropping is a little bit further down the line but like also this week we had um you guys, uh, we had Outlining Color, another guest of ours, uh, of Mice and Men and stuff like that. Yeah, fantastic, so, like new music. Yeah, so like release radars, you're you're on there definitely with like a lot of pretty decent bands. So that's got to be pretty cool. Nice. Uh, Hell yeah! So you guys have been kind of all well, kind of off from releasing new material for the past three years. Pre-pandemic, you guys had a hell of a show schedule. How did were you guys like touring at the time when when things got shut down or like did everything just come to an abrupt stop in the middle of touring? Did you have plans? What what, what was going on? Honestly, no. It kind of came at the perfect time for us because we were so like when winters come, we always snowbird. Well, Cody, the bass player, and I snowbird, so we always try and go to Arizona. We always end up in LA and just live there for a few months, then come back to Minnesota. Um, so we were actually, we had moved to LA again and we were going to stay like for real. So we actually got like a real apartment and everything and jobs and whatever. And we're just kind of settling in there. But, you know, we work, we wanted to work in the music industry. You know, we, we, you know, knew a few people here and there at different, um, you know, just like music industry stuff. And so we, you know, applied for all these jobs and the music industry there like hires by like quarters. So they start hiring like mid-March is when usually like they'll start coming, having you come in for interviews and whatnot. So we spent right. like three months applying for things and kind of figuring out what we we're going to do there. And then the week, like we blew through all our savings and we're just working crappy jobs. And then mid-March hit, which we're like, yes, like, you know, we'll get to finally hear back on some real jobs. And then everything shut down and all those companies just laid everyone off. Oh. So it was like, it was, it was really scary though. Cause it was like, holy shit, we just like uprooted our entire lives to actually finally do more music stuff and first Cody film stuff. And then all of a sudden now we have no savings 
and we don't qualify for any unemployment because we technically were barely employed in the first place. We weren't residents of California. Right. Um, you know, we're kind of like in that middle ground of not really being a resident anywhere and, uh, you know, having a couple different places and not really real jobs. So it was kind of like, oh, fuck. man, that's like, but worst also, case, that's like worst case scenario. Literally. So it's like we, we can't follow for unemployment. We have no money. And we're like we're paying for two apartments and we're like all the job, like prospective jobs are gone. And then in LA, you already can't find work. So, right. you know, with the pandemic, then nobody could find work. It was like millions and millions of people on unemployment and we, we didn't qualify. So we're like, what do we do now? And so um, I was just like driving for Instacart and just like, you know, trying to find anything. And we ended up moving to Arizona then and kind of starting over here. And we didn't really know anybody here. So we just had to like start from square one, which was fine. But it kind of gave us a chance to like just kind of resettle into our personal lives and just like start over, which I feel like wouldn't have really necessarily happened had we just kept touring. It's really hard for us to not tour. So yeah. it kind of forced us to be like, hey, like you're going to focus on your personal lives. You're going to get your shit together. And then, you know, we'll touring will come back. So it was actually a little bit of a relief, to be honest. And then it gave us time to write as well. Nice, that's cool. I'm I've I've been amazed with um, watching like and talking to creative people who uh, during this time have had to like figure stuff out. And like you said, it's either it's either like trying to do a shift or it's like focusing inward. So it's like either I got to find a new thing to do to be creative, or it's time to like work on myself. And it sounds like you guys did like the the work on yourself thing. What what uh brought you to arizona was there do you know you didn't you said you didn't know people there was was coin toss like how'd you get there um i mean we've we, we just like we hate the winters we hate up north so we just got yeah, sick of it so we started snowboard snowboarding here and my my extended family actually um own condos down here and so we've just looked into trying to snowboard here and it's just never worked out and then this year we actually found an apartment in arizona we're going to move here for the winter and we it was a scam the guy took our money and ran oh, and shoot. it was crazy though because like we actually came down saw the actual apartment and like me i looked did my research on the guy and everything but it turns out somebody had stolen his identity so the guy that i had like oh my god you know everything done my research on the place we went to see like it wasn't even hit like <laughs> you know which just was it was crazy it was like holy shit like i it was mind fuck and then like, we quit our jobs and everything it was supposed to leave in two days and I was like, oh, fuck, because the keys never came. Obviously, he was going to mail us the keys and they never fucking came. Oh and so God. thankfully, that it's, it ended up OK. I got my money back through Wells Fargo. Yeah. Hallelujah, because it was a lot of money. And then so we ended up just going to L.A. and just um, kind of bopping around there with different people, living with a producer. And then we found an apartment with some friends. And then once the pandemic hit, it was like, well, what's the point? You know, we never wanted to be in L.A. in the first place. And then we just kind of, you know, we're like, let's make it work because we have a really cheap apartment you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's, we never were really like super happy there. And so we were like, let's just do our original plan. We found an apartment in Arizona that was just like super nice, but super cheap, had the studio we wanted. So it was like, let's just do it and figure it out. And we love it here. We're never leaving. <laughs> awesome. That's I awesome. actually had, uh, I had family in Scottsdale. Nice. Scottsdale and uh, Tempe. So nice. Both Very, solid places. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in world of streaming services, where can you find breaking news, live sports, and a mountain of entertainment? Look no further than Paramount Plus. With plans as low as $5.99 per month, you'll gain access to the following. Live news from both national and local CBS networks. Live sports from the NFL, NCAA, PGA, and much, much more. 
your favorite MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, and Comedy Central shows from past and present. New original content like The Stand or Star Trek Picard or SpongeBob's Camp Coral. Smithsonian Channel shows and documentaries. Movies and much, much more. Go to BaconIsMyPodcast.com, click on the Sponsors tab, and click on that Paramount Plus link. And open yourself to peak streaming service. That's BaconIsMyPodcast.com. Click on the Sponsors tab. Then on the Paramount Plus link. And dive into thousands of episodes, live TV, original series, and hit movies right now. Do it. I like that place. I've uh, I've never been to Arizona. I've looked there because uh, I I too hate the winters, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we're here in New York, and um, oh, wow. I grew up in the Midwest, so it's nothing but winter all the time. Like, I, you're Minneapolis, and I'm Indiana, <laughs> so wow. brutal winters all around. Um, so uh, I've heard nothing but great things about Arizona. So. Yeah, it's yeah. really one of these, nice. One of these days, we'll have to take a look at that. Uh, one thing that I did um, notice about you guys when kind of doing research on you was that you never did the thing that um, that yeah, so many bands and when I was coming up and I was starting my first bands and stuff like that, you always have in your head where like if I want to be successful, I got to go to L.A., I got to go to Nashville, I got to go you know, to New York, I got to go to one of these big cities. And I remember when I was first uh, starting, I had that idea. And even though like I was really central and like, you know, from where I lived, I could within two hours, I could hit like seven different states. And in those states, I could hit like 25 different cities that had so many different clubs. And it was like, no, let's let's go all the way to a coast (laughs) where there's nothing but competition and uh, and and no one but industry people. What what was it that kept you guys from kind of doing that? Um, Because you've kind of you've made a name for yourself and not gone that route uh you've stayed kind of like independent you've stayed kind of like you know hey we're we're in a city you know but we're not kind of we're not chasing this uh labeled thing or music industry location thing how did you guys kind of come up with that plan i mean basically you kind of have to think about it like Who's the one that's like supporting you? Who's the one who's in as a band? Who really matters in your career? The only thing that matters is your fans. They're the ones coming to your shows. They're the ones, you know, buying your merch. They're the ones essentially like funding your career and making it happen. So it's like what your fans aren't in California. Like California is the most expensive state in the entire country. Well, except with, except New York city, but San Francisco is now the most expensive city to live in. It's, Rent is outrageous. No, nobody can pay their bills. Taxes are like 30%, even if you're dirt poor. And the homelessness is out of control. Who the fuck in... Can I swear on here? Oh, yeah. You're good. Okay. (laughs) Who the fuck in California is just going to shows every night to discover new bands? Like, nobody. Because, like, I mean, I remember going to a show, seeing just, like, a local band. I mean, covers, like, $30 to get in. And drinks are, like, 20 bucks. And you're like, who can... What normal person... Who right. like you know like me who listens to music can just go and randomly do that on a you know a weeknight or whatever. Nobody can afford it. I spent three hundred dollars in drinks or coding it between coding it. We spent three hundred dollars in drinks and we were barely buzzed. And I'm like, 
It's easy to do. You can do that in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy. It's like, you know, where if if you live in the Midwest or somewhere where things are affordable, you can actually go out, you can have a good time. And that's where, you know, fans are like the secondary markets are huge. People always want to hit the big cities. Secondary markets are massive because, you know, people have, you know, they have decent income because the, um, the cost of living is lower in those secondary markets. People are always looking for something to do because there's not enough to do. I'm from a small town, so I know all about that. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, you just kind of have to go where, where it makes sense as far as fan wise and the coast in California is just not it. Um, we just always ended up there because we just know so many people there so many friends, so many industry people that we've had to like work with, um, right. and that we want to work with. So we're always there kind of working and recording and doing stuff. Um, that we've just kind of ended up there because it's easy for us to snowboard there. And then we were like, oh, let's stay. But I mean, it was never like a let's move to L.A. because it's I personally am not a fan. I think it's kind of dirty. It's overcrowded and I can't do the crowding. thing. I don't like cr- the big crowds, you know. <laughs> right. So. But I, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. You're, you're, no. you're totally right. And I, I feel what you say about like the big cities and then the smaller markets, too, because. It feels like, especially when you're touring, and I don't know if you guys find this on the level that you're at, because you're doing a lot bigger shows and you're doing the big festivals and things like that. Um, as a as a band that like tours and plays like small clubs and everything, you find that like the bigger cities are not as responsive to new music and original yeah. music, and you know they want to hear they're in a big city, so it it's they go out yeah. once a week and they and they want to remember high school and so they want to yeah. hear the songs that they heard in high school and so it's hard to kind of break through that shell and be like hey we're good yeah <laughs> there's I, new songs check it the out major, the major markets right. they all they all want to hear cover bands that's it well you that's have to make really choices in bigger mm-hmm. markets it's like okay well this week we have you know avenge sevenfold coming we have from first mm-hmm. to last and we have too, or, yeah. you know what i mean i'm just like just like in every, any given week there's like you know and then like me you and know, my friend's birthday party is this day so it's like okay i have four events this week i can only go out you know once or twice or can afford to go once or twice you're gonna pick your favorites your right. you know and when you're a new band when you're at the bottom of the totem pole you're never gonna be a priority you know so but when you go to a secondary market and they're like wow we have you know uh uh, mud mud wrestling like in two months or whatever right, it right. is you know and <laughs> the small town you know like it's like holy cow a band's coming to town like everyone the whole town shows up like straight up it's crazy right. i think it's important for for bands um like we have a lot of friends that are in bands and and uh in uh, from all different levels that yeah. listen to the show and i think for ones that are kind of like putting bands together and starting and, and doing all that it's super important for them to hear this from somebody like you because it's they, they go oh shit <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe i should think more about uh you know working my town that i'm in and appreciating the fans that i have and working the town next door and being able to do stuff like that instead of just this like hey i've got a i've got a website now i should move to california and get famous and then maybe i'll write a song or two yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, and, and also we do have a lot of new yorkers and there's not there's not a real rock market here I right. mean, there, there's right. a there's a small one, but yeah. What's that in Minneapolis? What's the what's that scene like there? I mean, it's gotten pretty competitive. I think I personally, for like the rock, active rock market, I feel like there's just not a lot of it. Um, and you, I feel like it used to be a great place. It's really great for metal and like heavy metal and like um, mm. like the indie sort of like you know showing your ankles with your pants and you know <laughs> having your guitar right. strapped too high. Like it's like that kind of scene. 
but it's become very like uh like corporate like live nation now like owns all the freaking venues and stuff so it's like you know like if you're not really trying to do corporate stuff or if you don't get asked it's like oh well i guess i'll play a show in like two years (laughs) you know (laughs) i i uh i've I've been to minneapolis once and uh we went did you say minneapolis he he did thank you for for catching that because i just wasn't gonna say anything I said Minneapolis. Yes, you did. Minneapolis. It's Minneapolis. Wait, you, you legit think that's what it is? What? Well, say it again. Minneapolis. Where did you get that other M from? <laughs> Minneapolis. Oh my god! I'm screaming right wow. now. <laughs> is that a shirt? It's it's that's gonna be. It's gonna be. Cool. I'm, I'm making it later. Oh man! <laughs> look for the look for the uh, the Minneapolis shirt with Mike's face on it oh, coming God. soon at baconismapodcast.com. I'll have that up in a week. <laughs> yes. Wow. So yeah, I went to Minne. <laughs> you can't say it right now, can you? <laughs> no, I can't. I went there once. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went there once, and I went to the Shout House, and uh, I actually I was there with a doctor. Uh, my wife was my girlfriend at the time we we were doing we do like we do uh av for medical conferences and stuff and then like that night you go out you hang out and you have a good time in whatever city you're in so we were in yeah and uh (laughs) minneapolis minneapolis and uh we uh we went to the shout house and there were people who thought that um that one of the doctors was uh at the time uh Oh, John. is this where that was? They yeah. thought he was McCain. John McCain. Yeah. So, so the place. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the with the place, but like, it, there was no seats, and there was a this group of guys that were all sitting there, and they call like the waitress calls the three or four of us over and said, "Hey, these guys just gave you a table," and it was like a four hour wait for a table. We're like, "Oh, cool." This dude was approached by everybody in the bar, like. To take a picture and all that stuff. We got free drinks all night. Uh, he took pictures with like bachelorette parties and stuff. It was awesome. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. That's that was amazing. My, that is amazing. Yeah. And, and it was a hell of a night. That's why I don't know how to say Minneapolis or that's, how I, that's why I say Minneapolis. <laughs> Minneapolis. I, I am so glad that you, that you called him out on that because like people think I'm mean to him all the time. So <laughs> I was just, I was just letting that one go. <laughs> I was like, "That's is it? Is it a small Annapolis?" I don't know if that was like a joke or something. I was like, "What?" It's no, he just couldn't say it. Oh no, I'm a joke. <laughs> I'm a joke. I'm I'm aware of that. I am. All right. Well, whatever. So uh, another I thing I wanted to ask you because because um, you're a singer, but you're also a singer who has uh, had quite an extensive musical background. Anyway, you've uh, you've done the singing success program which i also did um and just uh listening to you hearing the band and everything like i can hear also that you're that you're an incredibly uh knowledgeable musician um if i miss anything let me know so we have you have a degree in music you've taught vocals you uh piano major at uh ucla um trombone and jazz bands uh let a let a drum line like, am I? What am I missing here? Okay, besides... I wasn't. I I wasn't a piano major at UCLA. I didn't go to UCLA, but I, I. You found that probably because I was going to. I 
I have I have this story that I always tell people. Um, I was actually searching for colleges, and I okay. my, when I was 16, and I went to LA because I got invited to perform at this conference. And so I went to UCLA, and I was like, I'm gonna be a piano major, and I had my audition tape all these you know sonatas or whatever the fuck and um and i marched in there and i was all excited about it and i the walls were like really white and like it was there was like nothing there's no posters and it was just like i just remember thinking in my head that it sounds so stupid like, the walls are white and like there's no color and it just felt like an insane asylum and i was like and then you know i talked with the head the department head whatever he's like yeah you know they, they practice about six hours a day on, on top of their classes and i was like I'm like, I don't want to play piano six hours a day. Like, when am I going <laughs> to sing? And I remember thinking, when am I going to be able to sing? And it was right. like that moment that I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's when, that's when you know, like, okay, well, like, when that's what you're worried about, it's like, so I just threw away my audition. I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually want to audition, you know, whatever. So I threw in the trash and I went to Musicians Institute and I like, there was color, like the walls were like green or something. And I was like, yes, like, it's that's a stupid way to measure a school, but everyone there just looked stoked and we're like, you know, doing their thing. And I was like, that's what I want to do, you know. Um, but but yeah, no, I, that was that. Nice. Well, that's, yeah, so. no, I don't think that's a stupid way to evaluate a school at all. I no. think like that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. It's, it's like it doesn't seem in. like a white wall is going to breed creativity. Right. It's, it seems it's just very it much seems like, like a hospital. Just play. <laughs> It's, yeah. just it's what it felt like was a hospital. And I, you know, and like, I'm all about like, obviously when I was in college then, or well, I went to McNally Smith then. And so I majored in voice mm -hmm. and I ended up singing about six hours a day for, you know, the few couple of years I was there. So, I mean, but it was like, I was happy. That's what I wanted to do. So I like was just always singing, always practicing. And, um, but then, you know, so, but it's like, that's what I wanted to do. But it's like, I can't, can't imagine like going to UCLA and being a piano major and having it like, there's no limit on what, how much piano you can practice because, like, your fingers are, like, never going to get tired. And so I was just like, dude, there's always going to be somebody better than me because some of these people literally practice, like, 12 hours a day. Like, right. that's insane, you know? So I was just like, oof. That's just <laughs> – I want to go. I want to do rock music. I want to, you know, chill and make music and work hard and, you know, do the, the crazy game that is the music industry as fucking crazy as it sounds. Well, yeah. no, yeah. No. It, well, it takes a special – it's a it's a thing you either have to do or nobody chooses it, right? <laughs> like you have to do it, and you can't do anything else, or you find other things to do. And, it, and it's funny too because you, you go and you lay all the things that are up against you, and you're still like, yeah, I think I think that I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm still in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey guys, I got a quick question for you: Are you dog people? If you know anything about us, you know that here at Bacon is My Podcast, our dogs are our family members, right? Uh, we love to give them a little something extra to look forward to every month, get them excited, and that's why we subscribe to BarkBox. So every single month, Bruce, Bane, and Bruno are treated to two brand new durable toys, plus like uniquely curated packs of treats. It keeps them excited, keeps them engaged, and uh, you never have to like go out shopping for stuff. So if you have a four-legged furry friend that is your favorite alliteration, we got a special deal for you. Just for being a Bacon Is My Podcast consumer, if you head over to BaconIsMyPodcast.com and scroll to the sponsors, click on the BarkBox link, you'll get an extra toy in your first order from BarkBox. So head over once again, BaconIsMyPodcast.com, click on the BarkBox link, and spoil your favorite four-legged furry friend today. More alliteration. What's your bacon? So um, being someone that's been trained that 
that much and done that much um, perfecting, right? You've done a lot of perfecting of, of uh, a lot of different uh, styles, genres, um, instruments, techniques, all that. Um, what do you say to, you know, another thing, like when I was growing up, you always had this idea in your head that like, You'd have the people that say, "Ah, oh, rock music's all about feel. You, you lose the feel if you get too technical. I can see your face right now that you're just like, oh, I hate this, right? Like it's it's frustrating when you hear that stuff. But what, um, like, what do you say? Like I teach, I teach now. I teach vocals oh, and guitar. And, um, and so I, I get this from students sometimes where it's like, you're, you're trying to go through, okay, well, we're, we're learning our modes here or we're learning, you know, we're just learning some theory here. And they're like, ah, I just, I want to learn how to play this song. And it's like, right, but let's learn what you're playing and why, what do you, uh, what would you say to people that, that kind of have that mentality of like, how has, how has it helped you and not been a hindrance to you in what you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy to think, but I've now been teaching almost 13 years, mm -hmm. which is wild to think about. Um, so over the years, I've kind of, you know, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Um, basically, I found the biggest thing is like, I'll always, you know, the first thing I assess when I have a student that comes to me is I'm always like, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to be able to do? And, you know, kind of get a feel if they want to be a professional or if they want to be, you know, like a, more like a tribute band, like kind of do every style or if they want to develop their own style, like whatever it is. And so when they're, you know, we're learning technique and they're like, oh, you know, I just, you know, it should be about feeling like, I feel like this technique's going to, you know, take away from it. Like, I always kind of go back to like, you know, what, whatever their goal is. Like, like you said, somebody, like, I just want to be able to play this song, but it's like, um, like kind of a good example is we were, um, I had a student that was like in, wanting to improvise or whatnot, or like play, play a solo or something for, um, I think he was doing like the Iron Maiden show or his Van Halen show. I can't remember. I have a ton of students right now. So I'm like, so it gets a little crazy. And um, I, I, I have, was having him do some scales and like teaching them like how to, you know, find the key, you know, the order of sharps, all that sort of technical stuff. And, you know, you can tell the kids like Ugh, over it. Um, and I was just like, you know, all of this. So I basically just sat down and showed him like we went to the song that he was wanting to like improv over. And, you know, we sat down and we figured out the key. And we figured out like, you know, we, we kind of took that, uh, that the boring part of like learning the scales and whatnot and applied it. And it was like, okay, now that you know the key, you know the scale, whatnot, now let's apply that to the song and basically just teach them how to apply that to what they're doing. And, and then he's like, oh my God, this is so much easier and was able to do it like that. Right. And it was like, okay, well, do you see how knowing this and having this knowledge is made it just so easy and you can do this with every single song. And so then we did it for a couple of his other songs and he was able to get it and he was like, oh, that makes sense. And then, you know, he hasn't complained or, you know, said anything since. And it's just now he has this hunger to like want to learn more. I think like when you kind of like bring that stuff to light, same thing with like singers. The biggest thing with singers is, um, is they, they want to make sure they have that feeling and emotion, but it's like, you know, I'm like, well, you're not going to have any feeling or emotion if you lose your voice the second day of tour because you don't <laughs> right. know how to sing. I mean, I've toured with so many bands. We've done almost 30 tours now and, you know, it's multiple bands on every tour. And there's, there's been so many of them that have lost their voice a couple, you know, a few days in, a couple weeks in and are like, how do you, how do you manage to do it? And I'm like, well, because I have technique, I have training. Like I know how to sing for two hours every night and be fine the next day. Like if you don't have that training, it's going to be really fucking difficult. Like I couldn't do it if I didn't have training. So, 
you know, I always like to tell the kids, you know, how, how to apply it. And that will kind of always set them straight. Now, how has all that knowledge helped you kind of, um, create in your band, your own identity and your own sound? Cause you're able to dip into a lot of different inspiration and different knowledge. Right. So, um, how, how would you say has that helped you in your writing? Yeah. I mean, the biggest part is like, as we're writing, like, you know, if we have a song, we kind of usually start with the music first. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, like, you know, if we'll have a chorus or what I'm a big chorus person, like it's all about the hooks, all about the chorus. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll have a chorus that I'm trying to like sing write a melody to and, and you can hear if you're trained you can sort of hear like a chorus and you're like that doesn't work that's not strong because you know you think of like the order of what's it called like uh, progressions like chord progressions there's like certain progressions that work um like dominant chords secondary dominants and then ones that are not quite as strong um and if you go from a chord that's really strong to one that's really weak then your progression or your course is going to sound really weak and so i can always hear like right away like because like, the guys Cody is I don't think he's like he doesn't know like the whole theory behind it somehow he's incredible I don't know how I don't know how people can play and not know the theory behind it because I only like know the theory behind it so I don't know how he like writes all the crazy stuff he does and not know the theory behind it um but like you know he'll play something and I'm like what chord I'm like what chord is this going to this and he'll be like um you have to like figure it out and I'm like okay that's right. and I'll always be like oh that doesn't work because this you know, let's figure out the key and like, you can kind of like piece it then together then and make it really strong. So that definitely is like a game changer being able to do that or otherwise it'd be like writing a song and then being like, that doesn't sound great. I don't know what to do. You know, right, always yeah. be going back to the drawing board, but now it's like make a quick change and it's like, boom, it's there. So. So like with writing, cause I've, I've read in other articles and, and other uh, interviews that you've done that you've done both um jamming in like a rehearsal studio and then also putting put things together in a uh like in a recording studio uh what's your favorite way to to write recording studio yeah i'm a very yeah. neat like a type, very type a so which is like not which is like very like not creative so it's really crazy i'm a creative person that's like very type a so i like to like really organize things and make sure like things are like even and like we have like every section has like their own thing um jamming sometimes i feel like it's just very it gets to so jam sessiony and i'm not like someone that wants to just sit and like groove out and whatever i did that in jazz bands for a long time and I, it's just not really like my thing 100 percent. i'd rather sit down and just like get get down to the business and like get the song written, you know, and um, then like sing it. And then you can, that you know, the quicker you get the basis of the song down, then it's like, you can go to the production and like the little, the ear candy stuff and you can just play with it more. Yeah. that's <clears throat> It was funny. Cause I, I, I always started with the whole, you know, uh, jamming and, and come up with an instrumental and then layer your vocals over it and stuff like that. And then eventually once I got into recording and stuff, I learned how to write songs by myself like and that's what I wanted and moving forward it was always like uh, listen I don't mind jamming every once in a while but give me like I, I'm bringing you like a pretty much completed thing like let's let's give me something else right. like don't don't just come to me I don't want to hear that riff I got a six cool minutes. riff and and <laughs> and then your drummer goes cool I'm gonna try a different drum beat 
for six minutes while you play that riff over and over and over. I'm just I'm I'm so over it. Yeah. And so right. like I I teach I taught my band members like how to use shit on the computer and stuff. And then you know he and I started writing together, and I kind of showed him that approach, yeah. and he was kind of like. What what is this? Right. I was like, I don't know how this works. <laughs> it is weird, right? Like at first, because you're. I mean, I feel like everybody starts out jamming because like that's kind of what everyone knows. That's what everyone does. Like you know, you have your band, and then it's like, all right, let's jam. And the whole technical side, you know, there's not always somebody in the band who is technical to like you know record people. I don't know how to do that. Um, right. Until someone you know can get GarageBand and like try and figure it out. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. The whole you know playing for six minutes, and it's like I feel like right away like also too like you know five people you know you'd say you have five people in a band five people writing a song is a lot like i yeah. found like narrowing writing sessions down to like two of us is like mm -hmm. then it's you just kind of get things done and then you can send it to the other guys be like hey any feedback you like this cool awesome let's keep going versus like yeah. five people's inputs at once is chaos i think Oh yeah. Every right. five seconds, somebody's trying something different and right. you, you got to try it and you got to do it. I, yeah. And, and I also find it's it, a lot of it and, and not all the time, but a lot of times everybody just wants to get their shit in. <laughs> and, and it's like, no, 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 it's not about that. It's about the song. Right. Let's write the song. And then we'll worry about getting some of that in if at all. Yeah, we, we did an exercise and I give it to students sometimes, but I just I, I came up with it for students and then I brought it back to my band and I was like, here's this thing we're going to do now. And it's literally like <laughs> for the last 15 minutes of a rehearsal, I'm like, OK, we're going to do a one, five, six, four. Somebody pick a key and and it it has to be that. And we're just going to play that and we're going to come up with a structure and play it. And then we're going to freeform it and record it. And it's in but it's going to be three and a half minutes. Nice. <laughs> and it's like, we'll do that and do it like two or three times. and you know, at the end we have a little something, you know, and it's like, oh, maybe there's an idea there. Maybe there isn't one. But when you structure it, it seems to like, if somebody has a direction, I feel like they come up with better stuff. Yeah. When anything's open, it's kind of like uh, overstimulation where it's like, it's like when I, when I try and shop on Amazon and I'm reading too many reviews, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get that. No, totally. So uh, my other question is a singer. Um, because I know that I've run into this and I kind of work with this a lot is uh, first um, lyrically, your songs um, seem very personal. And I've seen some interviews where you say that you, you draw from personal experience. Um, and so that can sometimes tend to be darker at times. Um, and it can be tough sometimes. I know that I've written songs that are like difficult for me to sing because they kind of take you back to that moment. Do you have any of, those that like still to this day when you're on stage it's like it's rough for you to do but it's like one of those songs or it's it happens to be a fan favorite and uh and so you have that moment where you're like man i'm sorry you like this song because that means that you're going through some shit <laughs> and it's like it's tough right. to sing do you have any of those that you can think of or? um i mean we rehearsed or well we used to when we lived in minnesota we rehearsed like a lot Mm -hmm. And I practice, the, I, I sing every single day. So, I mean, I always make sure that I'm like really prepped before I, we take a song on stage that I'm like, you know, it's all just technical stuff. Yeah. So you're not, you know, you know, you kind of have to dig a little bit to sort of get the emotional impact. So, I mean, I don't, I would say not this time is probably the one I get most emotional. Sometimes I'll get a little emotional with it. I think, 
I think it's just that one. I feel like as far as what we play, we still play live. Mm-hmm. It's probably that one because it is very, you know, like it's about Raw. people closest to you, yeah. you know, tell are the are your biggest people that bring you down, which, you know, that's always going to be a little touchy. So I'd play just that one, but, um, you know, it's just, it kind of is about the night. It's kind of about like, there's some nights and we're on stage and like the lights hit right and the moment's perfect. And then it, like, it just hits me. And then I'll be like, Whoa, like I'm kind of tearing up a little bit. Right. Um, other nights it's like, you know, the energy might not be there. So I'm kind of like, mm. like, you know, right, right. I'll try to pull, pull deep for that emotion. <laughs> All right. We got to take a quick time out. As you can probably tell by now, Jim and I we're t-shirt guys and we're always always looking for the most comfortable and best fitting t-shirts possible when it comes to ourselves or our merch sometimes they're soft and they unravel in a few washes sometimes they're durable but they feel like sandpaper on your nipples and it's just not our thing well maybe it's jim's thing but it's definitely not my thing and you know sometimes you clean your shirts and from sweating at work or on stage, they just kind of get all funky even after you clean them. Well, Fresh Clean Tees is a solution for all your t-shirt woes. With multiple styles and colors, they keep you looking so fresh and so clean. Go to baconismypodcast.com, click on the Sponsors tab, and click on the Fresh Clean Tees link. And start looking great and feeling great without spending a fortune. Again, that's baconismypodcast.com. Click on the sponsors tab, then scroll to that fresh clean tease link to start looking comfortable and stylish at affordable prices. Do you ever have that struggle of um, you know how to sing it, you know how you're supposed to sing it, and you know what notes you need to do, but there's also like you're trying to, maybe in the studio, you're trying to draw out a certain it's that idea of like uh when you hear it you you want to sell it you know what i mean you want someone to really believe what you're what you're doing um and i only ask because i've i've found that like there's been a couple times where it's like i had to kind of throw away technique for a couple things because it was like i'm i'm over singing this I, i i have to like i i have to let my voice do something weird i have to crack i have to be emotional i have to i have to sing this wrong i have to you know to to get this maybe not live but in the studio definitely you know um do you ever have moments like that or are you uh kind of like completely just kind of in command of everything that you're doing vocally i mean when it comes to studio yeah there's definitely i definitely am sing it way harsher and push mm-hmm. more and like especially like united hate division like obviously like i'm still using good technique with it like you know it's all about the consonants it's all about the yes. you know coming from the stomach but it's like i definitely like really dug in at some points where it was like ooh, like i could definitely never you know if i sang like that live all the time like i'd be a little it'd be a little much you know so obviously when i'm in the studio it's you're just you just give it more than when you give a live because when you live when you're live with everything that's going on you don't really need to give it as much and it right. still has that impact because there's you're hearing more of just like the pitch and like the tone and like the effects versus like when you're in the studio you can hear you can hear when you breathe or like when you have a little bit extra air at the end of like a, a phrase you can hear every little thing so mm-hmm. it's like you really have to i mean sometimes really dig deep give it a little bit more um sometimes push you know strain just a little bit like you said totally but um the biggest thing is like you know like i back to like when i tell my students like 
you know, when being able to control that and say, okay, I'm going to push really hard here, but still have that technique, but just being able to give it more. And then like knowing, okay, the next line, let's take that off versus right. like, oh, like, you know, I just don't know how to sing this or I'm straining all the time. Like being able to like turn it on and off is like everything. Like, yeah, otherwise, you know, you can't, otherwise you, yeah, otherwise you can't even do it in the studio. Like, I mean, there's some like doing our pulling teeth record. We did like the entire cd in like what two and a half days like and we sang wow, we did some lot. stuff we yeah we did it was 10 songs and we did everything like two words at a time like some lines are literally like one word at a time and then mm -hmm. one line like nothing was tracked as a full like verse or anything like because craig is very like artsy artsy like he wants every little word to have that nuance which mm -hmm. is which is what i wanted um, so, you know, like we would not have, I would not have been able to put in, you know, hours and hours in the studio every single day. If you don't have the technique, you know, if you can't turn off that, True. you know, bad technique. So it's still really important that you were able to turn it on, turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did you know, two days, I, that's 10 two days, in two is, days is, is yeah. intense. That's, that's crazy. Like I, I, I remember we were offered, uh, in my last band, we were offered to do like four or five songs like we were we were looking for the like we want somebody to produce us we want to do like the real deal and they said yeah cool no problem we're gonna give you you know two days and and you can record your four songs and we're like no that's not what we want we want to we want to get production and and you know mm -hmm. try things and all that stuff so yeah i I, <clears throat> I i didn't think my band was capable of doing that to be honest with you tracking and and doing all that at once so did you guys do any of it live or or was it all tracked everything? What do you mean? Like the like instrumentally like did the did band you do play live? together live or was that all no, tracked? No, everything like, is sep everything separate. Yep. Yeah, that's that's just going in and knowing that's that shit. brutal. That's a brutal two days. <laughs> well, I mean the 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 instruments then, you know, had more I mean it was right, probably right, like right. total, but but yeah, I mean vocals, it was oh, kind of oh, okay. I feel like I feel like um, you know, I feel as vocals, it's always people like whenever we go in for, you know, like a week or whatever, do a record, it's always like the last, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to split it up among, you know, evenly along the five days. So I'm like fresh every day. And it's always right. like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. And then it's like, do we have like two days left? And I still have to do this whole record. <laughs> and I'm like, always like panicking. Cause I'm like, you know, but you know, it always happens and we make it work. So, you know, I, I literally do maybe a song or two every sitting. That's it. That's, that's all I'll do. Yeah, I mean, I, I also I have my own studio, so that that helps yeah, a lot too. And there's respect, no time respect, girl. <laughs> but no, to be fair, though, it's just I mean, like like the new single though, United Hate Division. Like we, I did, I spent like what two two and a half days uh, just uh, doing vocals on that one song. So because yeah. I mean, we just literally you know took even more time on it, and they wanted even more digging deeper, and like you know right. we're, we tripled everything. And then we did a shit ton of harmonies. And then it was like scree like screamy parts. Like we went like insane on it. So I mean, you know, it just depends on like the level of you know yeah, how crazy the, you want to get with it. Is that is uh is United Hate Division the most production that you've done on vocals? Oh, yeah. Because one, it's so rhythmic, the the vocal line to it, right? So there's a lot of harshness happening there, but you're but there is, there's a lot of uh vocals, there's a lot of you know, uh, chanties, <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> harmonies. There's a lot of, there's so much going on there, which I love. I love that stuff. Uh, is that the most that you've done on a, on a vocally on a record so far? Yeah. I mean, like in the past it's been, you know, you track the main line and then the, you know, whoever, 
what is it, engineer then will just mm -hmm. double it and right. with what they have. And then, you know, you track some harmonies and, you know, you're good to go. But like we worked, you know, at Hate Division, we did with Brandon Friesen. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but mm -hmm. he's like insane, an awesome producer. And I mean, it was literally like you sing the main line. Okay, cool. You know, you get it, he, you sing it, you get it up, work it up to where he's happy with it. And then you sing that and then you have to sing the double and then you have to sing the triple yeah. and then he throws those all together. And then it's like, you're doing literally like layers on layers on layers of harmonies of like everything. Um, and then, you know, the layers of like the shoutiness and then like little nuances here and there. Like it was so much vocals that I was like shook that like, that's like the level they even do more, I guess, with like the big stars like Demi Lovato or Selena right. Gomez or whatever, like that really big shit's even like more intense. And I was like, holy shit, like you don't hear all that when you're listening to a track. But, you know, that's what gives the vocals like they're just because that's the best I've ever sounded as far as just tone and clearness and whatnot. It's like you're like, oh, because there's like a hundred of me on this right, track. Right. It's like working right. with this guy. Everybody's a cue different, you know? Like mm -hmm. you, you, you record with this guy and, and he'll do vocals for days and days yeah. and days and guitar parts. As many days, as I can. Days and days. Right. I, I treat every song like a Beach Boys song. And then, <laughs> then, we take, then we take a bunch of harmonies out that I really love, but that just don't, that don't work because they're too weird. Right. <laughs> and then, then you'll with the song. Everything. And then you live with the song. Um, so we do have to take a break. Yeah, we do. And, and pay some bills. So, Steph, we are actually um, sponsored by a company called Poddex. They're a lot like Cards Against Humanity, uh, but they're not. Have you played Cards Against Humanity? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, they give us a bunch of decks here where they have the episode deck, interview deck one and two, what the heck deck, and a would you rather deck. And each card has a question. It's a good icebreaker if you don't have verbal diarrhea like we do. Um, you know, it's good to help start a podcast. Yeah. All, so, all, all budding podcasters, I totally recommend working with them. They're a super cool company, too. And uh, like I've said before on this show, like I ordered a couple decks and had them delivered to me while I happened to be home during the holidays and took them out and just kind of like started doing them with my brothers and my parents and stuff. And, we, and it was just fun as hell because it was all these questions and just yeah. a fun night of it. So they're, they're not just for podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> and if you go to poddex.com right now, use the promo code bacon, mm -hmm. you can get 10% off your order. Despite what Steph says, nice. bacon does things better. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't belong in the trash, <laughs> but regardless, so uh, Steph, we're going to let you pick from uh, either interview one, interview two, what the heck, or would you rather deck? Would you rather that's popular deck. Both. Popular yeah, deck. Very popular. Now, uh, this could be um, probably PG-13 is as high as it goes for these. Yeah. Uh, but it also could be uh, completely G. So we never know what we're going to get out of this. So uh, we'll see what happens. Also, um, I am contractually obligated to let everyone know that I am incapable of shuffling cards, which is why Mike is doing it. Uh, I suck at it, though I lived in Vegas for a year. Um Cannot shuffle cards, but he can pronounce Minneapolis. I can pronounce Minneapolis, <laughs> and I and I did learn how to bartend there, so I can pour drinks. Cannot shuffle though. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Steph, what we're gonna do is we're gonna fan the deck, and he's gonna scroll his finger across, and okay. you are gonna pick a question. You just let me know when to stop. Stop. Stopping right here. All right. Oh. <laughs> 
interesting. Uh, would you like to read it or am no, I? No, no, that's all. I'm reading this. Buddy. All right. So I just did my work. All right. Steph with an F from City of the Week. Would you rather wear a onesie 24 7 for an entire year or a horse head costume? I guess you're not the back end, just the top for a month straight. Horse head for a month. That'd be kind of a fun one, right? That'd be Hell fun. yeah. Yeah, onesies are cool, though. Onesies are cool. We saw a but great for band a year? In a onesie, but for a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but the same outfit for a year. Same outfit for a year is tough. Yeah. yeah. That's like social suicide. Yeah. Horse head outfit, you can at least change your pants. <laughs> pants That's and shoes. True. And pants and shoes are very important. And also no yeah, one knows yeah. who you pants are. You know, you're wearing a horse head, you can get away with it because it's a costume, but a onesie would be like, ugh. Well, you gotta do it on day. stage. You gotta do it on stage oh, too. Man. I mean, it's That'd a month straight. Stank. That's true. It'd be so stanky. <laughs> That'd be so that bad. would be awful. I still pick the horse that I stand by my decision. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good decision. Um, I, I I'm with it. So so we bring we're bringing up United Hate Division again. Uh, so is that leading to uh, a new record, more singles? How are you guys approaching new music? Because I, I know that we're kind of well. He is my band. Doesn't there whatever uh <laughs> a lot of people are approaching like the singles like hey let's release a single and a single and a single and let's lead up to uh you know either put it together as an ep or or a full length or or whatever um how are you guys going to be approaching the future are you guys going to do singles for now or are you working towards a, a full length can i be totally honest with you <laughs> i have no fucking idea <laughs> nice <laughs> That's like, the kind of answer we want. I like it. Everybody has been asking us that. And like, we always kind of make up some bullshit answer like, oh, yeah, whatever. But I'm like, to be honest with you, like we just put this out and like we have a bunch of, you know, we have one. We have another song we did with Brandon that's done, um, ready to go. But we want to, you know, we're really crazy artists. Like we want to do a full out music video for it. And like you saw United Hate Division, like we go hard with our music videos. Yeah, your videos yeah. are really but, good. Your videos thank are really you. good. Um, but we go really hard with them and we go really big with the production and we, um, you know, it just takes a while because we edit them ourselves. Well, Cody does most of it. You know, we produce them. We, we're all hands on. So it's like it takes so long to do all that for every single song. So we can't do that for every single single. Um, so we're just kind of like, you know, uh, right now we're kind of just focusing on United Hate Division and like we're, you know, getting a publishing deal right now. We're working on getting all the ads running, even though there's too much profanity for ads to run. So we're like trying to work around it and just get it, get it where, get the numbers on it where we want them to be and have everyone see the song and then just kind of use that as leverage as like where we're going to go, what we're going to do. We're kind of really working closely with Brandon and just kind of taking direction from him as far as like, you know, let's do an EP, let's do, let's put out another single, let's do a full length record. Cause you know, we want to, you know, do as the best as we can. You know, we don't want to just keep putting out music and not have a direction. So we're mm -hmm. kind of just seeing where this one goes and then kind of using that to segue into something else. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I just feel, and we've talked about this a number of times that like the, the single seems to be the way to go nowadays again, you know, and, and that that's how things were way back in the day, yeah, at least currently, but I guess currently it, it just seems like that's kind of, people have a short attention span and that kind of stuff and i, I don't know I, I i like you know his band is actually doing it too where they literally treat every single 
like a record and they're they're like okay well this single this is what we want out of it this this is what we want it to sound like and i feel like that produces really awesome results and you know like you said with the you know with united hate division versus your your past things like you spent two days on just vocals for one song as opposed to you know yeah, it allows you and, to kind of like bring the most out of that yeah, song. Yeah, it just it it kind of hones in on something else too. It's just kind of like this song is what it is. We're going to go all the way with it and it doesn't have to fit on a record with something else. We're not even thinking right, right that that right now. So, I definitely fit. Although I do see it would probably be like it's tough to get a radio edit of that song, I imagine. Yes. <laughs> we we're just talking about that before I hopped on because we i mean there's definitely stations that want to play it already you know because yeah. we were close to lots of djs but i'm like we're gonna need a radio edit on that um yeah. so you know um yeah. but yeah no i agree with you i think singles are definitely the way to go and that's why rap and hip-hop is just kicking rock's ass right now like hip-hop yep. you know what a few years ago surpassed rock for the first time in history as like the most popular genre like as far as streaming and sales which is fucking crazy like you know rock and roll used to be like Number one, like, what the hell? Yeah. So, but it's because rock just has refused to adapt to a new model, honestly. Like, some so much rock shit is so outdated. And, I mean, I'm in rock, so, I mean, I can say that. You know, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm, I'm not saying no, rock I, is dead or anything, but it, rock isn't dead. It's just, yeah, it's not about being rock as being dead or whatever. It's literally about just they people are just so stuck into, like, oh, we did this in the 80s, so let's keep doing it. No yeah. other genre is doing that. Every genre is evolving and collaborating and, you know, and rock just seems to be just not there yet. So, um, you know, I'm with you on that. I think singles and EPs are totally the way to go. Um, I think it is a little bit harder than, you know, getting like getting press for it and, you know, not having like a product to sell as far as that. So, you know, it, it is just tough as far as like. What do I do? Well, <laughs> so. the other thing, like you said, having a product to sell, like nobody, nobody's buying a record anymore. Like hardly anybody. You know, unless, you're, unless it's live, unless it's right. you're yeah. at, at doing it as a show. Like, like we sell records on tour, but yeah. that's on tour. That's way different than like just putting it out and or, not going on tour. Right. Yeah. So right, right now, right now we're hoping to start touring again soon. You know, I do see that you guys have some dates booked. Like, um, is that like, I was going to say, are we just, we finger it? Like it's, it's smart. It's smart to book those things and be like, let's prep for it and everything. Are you prepared either way? Or are you just kind of like, man, we're going like. Yeah. I mean, they've been, the dates have been booked. It's all around Rockfest, Kadok. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been booked for now, what, two years. Two years and yeah. so, uh, cause I mean, last year everything got canceled. And so they said it's going to go on no matter what this year. I mean, Wisconsin's kind of wild and out as far as pandemic restrictions, they never mm-hmm. really cared. Um, obviously right. we care as a band, we wouldn't have done it last year anyway. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to be the band that gets our fans sick or dead right. or whatever. Like I, we're not trying to do that, but right now, like we feel confident, like, you know, enough people are vaccinated. It's available. You know, we're, we're all vaccinated. So we feel a little bit more confident about like, Hey, you know, you have the opportunity to get vaccinated, you know, you can say no, you can, you know, um, so we feel better about it. You just, you know, as people and, um, you know, it's all around Rockfest. So if Rockfest cancels, then probably everything else, right? you yeah, know, yeah. but uh, well, there's, we're there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully, hopefully right. that uh, it just gets brighter. <laughs> I think it's by, we think by the end of July, I mean, enough people should be vaccinated. I mean, right now, I think, what, 30% or 40% of the U.S. is? 30 or 40%, so, like somewhere between that now, yeah. And we need for, like, the herd immunity for it to be okay is, like, what, 75, I believe, is, like, the minimum. So I think we should get there by the end of July. 
Fingers hoping, crossed. Hoping so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never get a door again. Oh, I know. My wife keeps going. She's like, I don't care. We'll, we'll let's go to you know Alabama. Let's go to uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> I need to. I need live music. I need to hear how loud things are. <laughs> She's like, it's different because we we've done the live stream thing a few times. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It's I mean, it's adapting. It's it's good, <laughs> but, but it's not, not the same. What do you What right. do you miss more? And and maybe it's like a maybe it's not the best question, I guess. But like, what do you miss more right now? If you do, you miss seeing a live show or you do you miss being a live show more right now being a live show mm-hmm. for sure um the only thing i really well i mean obviously i miss going to live shows but the biggest part about like going to live shows is like meeting people and like that sort of sense of community it feels like home yeah. to us especially we're in a new city it's you know new music scene so that's how we you know you meet people you become part right. of the community and we're not able to really become part of the community because we can't really meet people because there's no right, shows. Right. Uh, so, but I, so I'd kill for live shows right now just to go to them, just to mingle and see the, meet, meet the photographers, meet the other bands and become part of Phoenix music scene, which was, you know, will be exciting when happens, but. Yeah, no, but, I, yeah. I feel that hundred percent. It's, it's, you know, that is, I don't meet people <laughs> other ways. Yeah. I meet people right. that way. And now this, and now this way, I've met you this way. Whereas, right. Uh, you know, maybe I would have met you at a show seeing a show or being in a show because that's how we all did it before and and yeah i feel you like that's man it sucks not to be able to do that so um, soon, hoping, soon. fingers crossed fingers crossed that uh none of your guys shows get uh that all of them go extremely well and stay on i'm not even gonna say the the the, the opposite yes <laughs> yeah. gonna, i'm gonna put that shit out there and also uh you said phoenix so uh i know a guy who owns a studio out there Corey spots um i'll forward you his his stuff but he he's done some pretty decent things uh with some pretty reputable bands so he's got a good studio out there so if you if you don't want to have to travel or if you don't have your own stuff i'll 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 just to meet somebody and he and he also yeah he's he's been playing in bands for uh, in the area for a long time he he's in a band now i think it's called sevilla um so yeah they're they're very good very cool nice yeah we're looking to write like we just want to write right now um, so we're trying to like find local producers or whatnot just to get together and do a writing session. So anybody you know around here, Vyasov. I will. Nice. I will get you in touch with him, for sure. He was in a band called Tolerance that was fucking awesome, and I was so devastated. They were that was like the first local band that I, my cousin was friends with them, and then eventually he, they got really big. But yeah, uh, cool dude, very cool dude. Nice. So, so all right, well, just a couple more things. Um, because we're taking up a lot of your time here and we know you got other stuff to do today. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I did, we did want to ask about your pets. You have a lot of pets. Yeah. What's going on with your and, pets? And uh, so we are, um, we are definitely dog people. We uh, we've uh, talked about our dogs on here. We have a, a sponsorship with BarkBox and um, oh. my, my dog, Bruce Wayne has a, has a more popular uh, Instagram than I do. And, uh, and so we, we are very, very pet friendly. Yeah here in the uh in the in the in the bacon world um nice. so uh turtle rescue chinchilla a cat wait chinchilla is this i have a chinchilla Does, you well, apparently you rescued and, a chinchilla oh a, ch- a chihuahua oh i wish i had that a chinchilla interview, that <laughs> interview because i was like what definitely had a uh had a typo <laughs> that's hilarious it's yeah no amazing. i definitely don't have a chinchilla i wish i did oh. 
Well, you should get one. <laughs> I so, wish. So turtle chihuahua cat. What else? What? Who else do we have in the That's world? That's all now? I have because I live in a studio apartment. So, uh, you know, uh, that would get a little wild. But actually, <laughs> funny you should mention that because my dog is literally on my lap right now, and she was like crawling, like hitting the computer, like going like this, trying to get on. <laughs> I have it sitting on a pillow right now, and she's like obsessed with pillows. But she was like crawling over the headphone thing and like pulling me down, and I'm like, dude, this is, whole thing is gonna fall over. Um, but she's sleeping in my lap right now. Um, We've definitely had dogs invade yes. the podcast before. Yeah, <laughs> it's I believe it. A number of times. <laughs> I, I, he's he's got a Frenchton, which is a, a nice wee little thing. Yes, uh, yeah. French bulldog, Boston Terrier mix. His name is Bruce Wayne. Um, full name Bruce Wayne. Every vet has to say Bruce Wayne entirely, beginning and end. <laughs> and, nice. Uh, yeah, Instagram Bruce Wayne Frenchton. You guys should check him out. He's good. Okay. He's, he's got, super popular. He's got, a, he's got a TikTok too. He does. <laughs> he does. Jesus, we don't even have a TikTok. No, we don't. He does. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, um, so what are your pets names? How did you get them? How did you choose them? Well, I'm huge in rescue. Um, when I was in Minneapolis, I did lots of animal rights and our band is actually a coalition partner to fur free Minneapolis that was helping stop the sale of fur in Minneapolis. Um, and we actually, I think it actually like went through for the Minneapolis proper city. So that bill essentially saved 10,000 animals a year, which is awesome. And I believe it's, it just came into effect this year, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, so obviously all my pets are rescue. My turtle, a girl, just like didn't want him. And he was just sitting in like a little bowl in her bathroom and was like, yeah, I just don't want him. And the poor guy is just like struggling Aww. to get out. And I was like, oh, I'll just I'll take him home. Had no idea that he was like a little tiny. He was like this big. I was like, oh, it's he's full grown, whatever. Turtles will last like a year. Uh, no, he was a baby. Oh, no. He's now like big. I mean, he's not big, big, but he's like sizable and like you know i need a sizable tank for him and they live like freaking like 40 oh, yeah. years he'll, he'll outlive all of us <laughs> i went to petco and i was like oh i see like a little i thought i could give him like, you know give him like a little tank and he'd be cool but like no you need like big tank because he grows and like he, the guy's like yeah you'll have him forever and i'm like what like i was just thinking this is gonna be like a freaking little you know cute whatever thing and right. i'm like so i guess i just you know took on a like a 40 year pet here we are right um but uh and then you, I have, a you have a pet you're gonna hand down <laughs> hopefully well hopefully i don't die at like what 67 hopefully i can you know outlive him but um and then my rescue dog lily i got her from secondhand hounds which is a foster rescue in minneapolis and before her i had lily another chihuahua uh, my cat actually died last year in oh. la which is really sad his name was goobar and i had him for like eight years i i always rescue older pets or like adult pets so i got him when he was like seven he was well past his okay, yeah. breeds uh like lifespan so right. um so and he went out with a bang of course it's goobar he he was fine up until his like last day and then he just kind of peaced out so i was like i'm done so literally he like literally like he was he got sick because he had a kidney failure for a while but like that's always just treatable and then mm -hmm. once they get, get it hits then it's you know, they're kind of done and um my my dog before you know we had to get her on an iv it was kind of a slower process which made it really hard to watch her suffer but um you know so my cat got sick one day he was getting you know weird and not wanting to get up so i knew it was the end and i was like obviously really bummed but that asshole was like wouldn't get off the bed he wouldn't do anything and he was really really sick and he his thing was that he would always like swipe cups 
off of like he would find like if there was a cup in the house he would go he would find it and snock it over and <laughs> spill it all over the place like he spilled so many drinks on laptops everywhere that that motherfucker he was really smart cat he was a turkish van they're like big cats they're super smart and they love water and so that asshole was so sick couldn't get up wouldn't eat anything he like crawled to the edge of the bed and like reached his hand up like because we had left the house and so right before he died he like reached up and swiped the last cup off of the desk next to the bed right, right before he died. It's his final move of defiance. Literally, like, we came home. We went out um, for a couple hours because he had, he was so sick he couldn't leave the bed. And we had been there for a couple days, and he was out. Like, so we're like, you know, maybe we should – I mean, do we stay here until he dies? Like, what do we do? So we left for a couple hours and came back, and, like, the cups on the desk were all overturned, spilled. We're like, yeah – Bar, thanks, man. <laughs> so we knew he, we know, you know, he I was like his last, like, hey, fuck you. Um, right, right. but you know, I was sad, but you know, it is what it is. Well, you know what? That's it's, I, I like to think of stuff like that and go, like, okay, so that's a sad moment, but I like to think that, like, he knew that if he, did, oh, yeah, it would have been way sadder if he didn't do that, and so he right. did all that just so you could be like, in your sad moment, you could be like, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, Every I know. <laughs> he cup? knew, like, he was smart. Like, he was it, like insanely smart. Like, anybody that met him was like, "Holy shit, he's like a person." And we, but it was so sad. We came home and we found him. He was, was curled up sleeping, and he was just dead. His body was cold. And we found our dog, Lily, little Chihuahua. Literally, her head was resting on his, like, on Aww. next to his head, like this. And she was like, like water was coming out of her eyes. Like, looked like she was like tearing up. And she was like looking at us, like guys. Like it was like the most heartbreaking thing I've seen in my life. Oh, God, <laughs> like she awesome. knew, like her big brother was gone. And, like, she was right. just sitting there waiting for it. Ugh. My heart, you know. This was now, like, a year ago. So, otherwise, I'd be, like, bawling still. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we brought that up, that uh, horrible memory for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's to... fine now. But, you know. Yeah, that's, that's uh, the life I, I love of... that stories because there's always, like, just the personalities of them in general. You know, like, like, Gubar knocking water off and everything. Yeah. Uh, we had a, um, we used to have a pit bull named Sadie. And Sadie hated potted plants uh no matter how big it was or no matter what it was if you turned your back it would be out of the pot and uh and so my uh my dad and brother went to one of my dad's friend's houses and they were going to go out for a while and they and sadie was out on the porch with the guy's wife and my dad was like look we're going to leave and we're going to be back in an hour don't leave her out here because they had like potted plants all around the porch. And he goes, don't like, if you even leave for a second, like she'll take all these out. Right. And they left. And the woman was like, no, I know, I know. And when they came back, she was like, I went inside for literally two minutes and walked out and like every pot was <laughs> on its side. Every like, big trees <laughs> everything was out because she was strong so she would just take it out so just the personalities and stuff she yeah. she chewed the top off of the uh the water sprinkler so it would just shoot like a geyser straight up in the air <laughs> she just put her face over it and try and drink from it and it would just beat her face that's amazing i so i man pets are just the coolest they have, the they have their, their personalities yeah. are just so funny and so good. Bruce Wayne's eyes go in different directions. He can sneak up on him from the front because he he looks like a lizard. <laughs> oh my god! And 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 we we have a, a younger we have a, a mix uh, Boston Terrier Beagle 
bulldog mm-hmm. and he's probably like 24 pounds now uh cute as could be real pain in the ass though because my older dog bane who is a boxer and 80 pounds oh man Whoa. He, he he's like this little guy is just totally dominating him yeah i it's came over today and he was just attacking his back legs and just tripping him yeah <laughs> tripping oh my goodness yeah. it, and like he'll get a running start and he'll just slam into the back of my dog's legs just <laughs> no mercy just bam like right and yeah he's he's pretty great yeah oh my god <laughs> that's his personality so who takes like how do you handle having pets and everything when you tour when you guys were touring so much they always stayed at cody's parents house Okay. They live in Rochester, Minnesota, so we it's like an hour and a half from where we lived. So we just load them all up in the car and just drop them there. And they have three dogs, and they used to have a cat, so it's like a fucking zoo there. So our pets <laughs> loved it. They would we come back right. to get them from tours, and they would be like, "No, we're not leaving." And then we bring them to the house, and they would just pout like they would literally ignore us for like a day or two because they love going there. So it makes me feel good though that they're in good hands and they clearly love it there. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, I think uh, I think it's time for you to tell everybody where they can find you and your band, City of the Week. Where can they find you on the socials and the the inner internet and all those good things? Yes, and where can they get their get your stuff and how can they support you? Yeah, yeah, merch, merch is super. Yeah, totally. Important. Yeah, so you can find everything at our official website, which is cityoftheweekofficial.com, and then we have tons of new merch on there. And obviously any other streaming service, Spotify, Apple Music, just type in City of the Week and there we are. Um, Social media, we don't have any fancy handles or anything. It's always just at City of the Week, making it easy for everybody. And and we're pretty easy to find. I mean, there's no other anything that's City of the Week. So we always pop up. Even if you type it in wrong, sometimes it'll still pop up. But if if you type in City of the W-E-E-K, sometimes it'll... It won't pop up, but if you type in W E A K, City of the Not Strong, is what I always tell people. <laughs> then it'll, it, you, then you're good. There's nothing, nothing else really on there. That's that. So, awesome. Yeah, and they have a new single out. Uh, it is fucking awesome. Yeah. It is got a lot of production on it, and it's a, it's, it's a great song. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, definitely check them out. Ch- actually, go to their website and check out all their videos. They have a video page on the website that lists them all. You can just go down just go down the list. They have some excellent covers on there, everything from Incubus to uh, Halsey, which I oh, thought so was – uh, that so song's good. so good. Um, <laughs> so Anytime a band covers that song, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. Exactly. Really wanted Without to. me? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everybody covered that song. <laughs> It's just such a good song. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? It's so good. And Pardon Every time Me is hear... one of my favorite songs, too. I love yeah. it. Yeah, the, the, the way you guys uh, uh, arranged that was, was very cool. I really like it. Thank you. But I do prefer the originals. I do prefer the originals. I love uh, I love hearing a, a band's original sound and hearing them sound like them, and you guys sound like you, and it's fucking awesome. So everybody, uh, check out their videos. Check them out. Find them on tour this summer in July, uh, hopefully. We will, uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be live and uh, and making it happen for you. So definitely check them out. Thank you, Steph with an F. Well, so much for hanging me. out with us. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a lot really of fun. Cool. And you guys Thank did your you. research. I can't believe how much research you guys did. You wrote new shit already. <laughs> well, you should. You I'm know. like, like, am I, do I do that? Like, oh shit, you guys know me better than I know myself sometimes. 
Well, sometimes I say awesome. shit and I forget about it. Like in interviews, like I'll forget about it. So then people will read that interview and I'm like, oh my God, like that did happen. Like shit. Like, well, thank you for you clearing know, cool. some of it up because yeah. uh, <laughs> chinchilla you know, versus a chihuahua. She did not have a chinchilla, I mean, and uh, and she was she she decided not to major in piano at uh, yeah. UCLA. Well, I think that I think some of them do like the talk to, and then they like do it to talk to text. I think sometimes is what it is. Because there's some yeah. interviews that are like super wonky. I'm like, what? Did, did I say that? Like, I definitely did not say that. Um, so, <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, I get how it is. I used to do some interviews for Blank TV, so it's. It's tough. So, but thank you we just so much. Try to, we just try to not ask any questions that that we hate answering in interviews whenever we right. had the opportunity to be interviewed. <laughs> We're yeah. like, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I'm there's, never there's always that, that like, cool. How'd you get your band, your band name? Yeah. How, right. How'd you get your band name? <laughs> right. How does, I, what is everybody's role in the band? Why do you so, spell it with an F? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Totally. Like, none of that matters. What matters is that they have a new video out and that they have a new single <laughs> out and that their website is out and that they're going to be on tour again and that uh, all of you listening and watching should check them out. Yes. And, and would you rather wear a horse head? That's really important too. And that that rather wear a horse head. And she hates bacon. And she hates bacon. <laughs> but we, but Sorry. we, we like her anyway. It's okay. <laughs> Josh, Josh Bradford from, from Silverstein, he came on and Name when drop. we were talking, he's just like, he's like, Hey, uh, I'm I'm a vegan. Is that okay? And I was like, Yeah, of course that's okay. <laughs> Why would you ask if that's Why? okay? Yeah, dude. <laughs> because because we just we were talking about it. Um, he's definitely made of maple syrup on the inside. Oh, absolutely. He's the nicest, sweetest man ever. Yes. Yeah. Ever. Um. So anyway, Jim, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me Jimmy G Shoes on Instagram and Facebook. My band Craving Strange is uh, Craving Strange Music pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can find us there. Listen to us, Spotify, um, all that good stuff. Strangerhood TV is uh, our collective YouTube network where you can find this show, uh, as well as plenty of other things, uh, our musical endeavors and lots of other, you know, whatever we come up with at the time. Um, I'm also one half of Bacon is My Passion. Mike, where can yes. I find you in that? Uh, okay, so Bacon is My Passion is on all streaming platforms. Uh, but everything that has to do with Jim and I, you can fat, find at baconismypodcast.com and at baconismypod on all the socials. I am me, my own self, Mike, on all the socials, and you can catch my band, Something Heavy, at Something Heavy Band. No, no, at Something Heavy Music. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Steph, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Good luck with everything, fingers crossed, for yes. this summer. And uh, please, anytime you have anything to promote, anytime you want to put anything out there, you uh, you have a direct line to us. You are always welcome to come back on the show. Even as for five seconds to promote something, feel free to do that. Uh, the door is always open. Thank you. And hopefully we'll get to see you live down the road sometime soon. And uh, and yeah, thanks for thanks for joining. Thanks for hanging thanks out for with us today. Me. Thanks for Thanks for hanging Appreciate you. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see ya. We know you love your weekly dose of Bacon Is My Podcast. But if you need even more bacon, make sure you head over to BaconIsMyPodcast.com where you can engage even more with us. It's a pathway to our music, our extra content, social media pages, and most importantly, some pretty awesome swag for you to show off your bacon. Again, 
That's baconismypodcast.com. Listen to some tunes, pick up some merch, and tell us what your bacon is.